Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, June 7th. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski, joined by my other host, Truman Karczewski. How's it going, guys? And we are welcomed in the studio today by Stephen Handy. Good to be here. He's been on before. We haven't had a guest in a couple weeks, so we're glad to have him in today. Uh, we're going to start with uh, the NBA, uh, Game th- 3. Yes, <laughs> screwed that up a little bit uh, a couple minutes ago. That was Wednesday night, not Sunday night. Uh, we're just going to kick this thing off. Kevin Durant was unstoppable, 43 points. He had The Cavs had no answer for him. Uh, he was making, seemed like every single shot he was putting up, he was making. And the Cavs just have no answer for him. Yeah, so I, this morning I was in the shower and I was thinking, everyone gets their shower thoughts. And I was just sitting there and I was like, we all know, and Steven knows, Travis knows, I know, and everyone who's been on knows that LeBron's the greatest player in the world. We don't we don't really have that debate. But then I think we all agree that Kevin Durant is undisputed the second best player in the world. Do you agree, Steven, Travis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, how far, what's the margin? Like, like is there is there a huge gap between LeBron and Kevin Durant, or do you think it's a small gap? I'd say it's a large gap, but it's getting smaller. I not just, by I much. I just think LeBron does more for yeah. his team. He, he, and he plus, assists more. Yeah, Kevin Durant, that black mark of going to Golden State kind of yeah. hurts him. Yeah, I, I know that. And then I was thinking, if you put, okay, so switch LeBron and Kevin Durant right now. Put LeBron on Golden State and put Kevin Durant on Cleveland. We all know Golden State would be doing what they're doing and more probably. They'd be the most the greatest team of all time, undisputed. That would be nuts if LeBron was on Golden State. Where do you think the Cavs would be with the same team with Kevin Durant instead of LeBron? They'd be a playoff team, but yeah. they would not have beaten... Are we talking the same team like right now this same year? Same exact team. I don't think they would beat the they, Celtics. I don't think... I don't even I don't know... Think they would the Pacers. Yeah, I don't think they would have gotten past the Pacers. the Pacers. I think... I was thinking... I think they would have beat the Pacers. I don't think they... I think they would have beat the Pacers in seven. Um, and I think that they would have beat the Raptors, but they wouldn't have swept them. And then I think they would have lost to Boston in six or seven in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. Finals. I don't even know if it would have gone that far. Yeah. Especially if we if we'd have dropped the first two at their place, yeah. I think it would have gone five, maybe six. Yeah, but that just like gets to what I was thinking of what the margin between LeBron and KD is. I think LeBron, I I think it's not as big as some people think, and then the KD lovers, I don't think it's as small as they think. So that, that just confused me because Kevin Durant last night, yeah, he was amazing, but he put up LeBron numbers. Like, he put up numbers that LeBron puts up every single night, it seems like. Um, while he looked great in that shot, that shot was awesome. That that He took way so out. So similar to last year's Game yeah. 3. Yeah, and he took that, that way crazy. out. He had the confidence to take that. But, you know, I just... It's getting me, my mind thinking about the margin between LeBron and KD. But I, I don't think it's as big as most people think, and I don't think it's as small as some people think. So I it's it just that's something that was brought up in my head earlier. And one thing I saw yesterday, I think Rodney Hood, I think, you know, should have been playing consistent minutes in the first couple of games. He had a good game. Yeah, he came off the bench and really provided that offensive spark that, you know, players like Jordan Clarkson were really lacking. And I, Ty Lue should have been playing him all series. I get it. They've had some problems uh, with him, but he's just too valuable to leave on the bench like they have been. And I think another thing that kind of comes out during the series, Steve Kerr is a great coach. I, I mean, I get people say, you know, oh, they have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Iguodala. You know, it's hard not to win without them. But Steve Kerr, and they come out after halftime, and they just put up numbers in the third quarter. And you saw it last night. The Cavs were dominating that first half. But you never, even when the Cavs were up by 10, you never felt like 
it was over. Because you know the Warriors in like a second can just turn it around and go up. And then next thing you know, they're up by 10. So I think it's, I think it's over. I think the Cavs maybe win one more game. I think they might take game four on Friday. Gentlemen sweet. Yeah, but the, the Cavs are done. I think, I think last night was probably one of the best uh, opportunities they had to turn the series around. They came out punching. They had a couple good... Uh, quarters there, but I think it's over. Yeah, I think it's over, but I honestly think the Cavs are going to do everything they can to not let the Warriors celebrate in Cleveland. Yeah, I think um, it will go five. Uh, so I think they just kind of, I know they're probably in their heads thinking, all right, this is over, but let's not let them celebrate and pop champagne in our locker rooms, on our court, in front of our fans, in our city. I honestly think that's a big factor in this and I think the Warriors now they're motivated they kind of want to win in Cleveland and I know Draymond Green probably wants to shout it to everyone here because he's just that type of guy um and I'm sure Kevin Kevin Durant takes a bunch of shit from these fans they just I think they really want to celebrate on this court and I think the Cavs are going to do everything they can to not let them celebrate on in Cleveland it really just it comes down to what LeBron wants to mm-hmm. yeah if exactly he's, if he's mentally just like you know exhausted the season's over I'm ready for free agency then we're losing. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. But if he if he was like you know I don't want to I don't want to lose my last game at home, mm-hmm. which could be you know his yeah. last home game in a Cavs uniform, um, it, it it's all up to him. It's crazy to me too. You know Steph Curry and Clay Thompson they sucked last night. Very bad. Steph game. Curry was one for eight from threes and he got the one in like the last couple of minutes there. And he was just off the entire game. I was just watching. He was just shooting threes that he usually he makes and they're kind of you know definite that they're going to go in and they just missed and he was awful last night so it was a great opportunity for the Cavs to get a win last night but obviously it didn't happen and then who do you think the finals MVP is going to be because Steph Curry had amazing game one and game two a god-awful in game three and Kevin and Kevin Durant was unstoppable so do you think well then look Kevin Durant had a bad game one I guess he still scored but he kind of had a he bad 26 yeah 26, yes, 26 but... and then what 43 last yeah night? so I I see Kevin Durant getting it I would I would like to see Steph get it because I think he kind of doesn't get enough credit for this Warriors team but I could see I think Kevin Durant's probably gonna be the guy or or LeBron that's uh, what that would be crazy it just it just depends on because LeBron if they, if they win game four and he does he has like a 40 point triple double again. And then if they lose game five, but he still has, you know, 40, 10, and 8 or something, mm-hmm. I think he, he has to get it. You have to yeah. look at what the trophy mean, means. It's the best player in the finals, and LeBron's the best, most valuable player between both of these teams. Yeah, I mean, like... And he's shown that this entire series. Like, Steven said, if he does that, I think he'll get it. But, like, if if he puts... Like, he had a... Like, people are saying, like, oh, Kevin Durant outplayed him last night, but not by much. Kevin, or LeBron still had a triple-double, 35 points or something. So... If Kevin Durant puts up another great game, you know, 30 consistent Kevin Durant game, you know, 30 points or whatnot, and the Warriors win game four, it's probably going to go to Kevin Durant just because it's going to be kind of hard for the NBA and whoever votes to say that, hey, LeBron gets it, but he got swept. But I do think Steven's right. If they if it goes game four and LeBron puts up a triple-double and they lose in game five, but LeBron still puts up a crazy game, then I do think they have to give it to LeBron. But um, I think right now uh, it'll go to Kevin Durant. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, game four, Friday night, Cavs looking to avoid the sweep. We'll see what happens. But we're all kind of agreement. we think they get a win here on Friday. I think they do. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I, think, I also wouldn't be surprised yeah, if they do. I think the Warriors are going to win. I five. think the Warriors win, 
But I, 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 if I was betting it, I would say the Warriors win, but I would not be surprised if the Cavs win. I think the Warriors are going to win in five. I think the Cavs do win Friday. All right, so that's it for basketball. Moving now to hockey. Uh, we got game five tonight. Uh, Caps versus Vegas. Caps are up 3-1. Uh, this series on paper looks like it's over, but Steven, I know you could say this. He's sitting here in a Vegas jersey right now. I would not be surprised if the Caps choke this away. And he was Stephen came in saying that hockey, you know, a three-one lead's not that hard to lose in a sport like hockey. So I can see the Caps choking this one. I mean, it's the Caps. You know, in years past, they're known for choking. Um, and this would be kind of maybe the icing on the cake for them if they just if they choke this one away and they lost the Stanley Cup. And you know, there's a this Vegas is so special and they're having such a special season that why not just that would be the icing on the cake for them, too, coming back from a 3-1 lead um, in their first ever season, um, you know, in this crazy, crazy, crazy inaugural season where they go to the Stanley Cup. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But, you know, Ovechkin, um, he's the best player in the world um, next to Sidney Crosby. So if, I don't know, I, I think the Capitals will end up winning the series, but I could see that happening, and I'll let Steven go more into it. Yeah, the uh the big thing for Vegas, they just have to stay off the power or uh off the penalty. Um the Caps penalty is just so unbelievable. I I, I feel like they do the same thing every time. They either give it to Oshi right in front of the net or they just give it to Ovechkin in the slot and he claps one in. <laughs> I it's the same thing every time and it works at like 80% of the time. Their their power play is just unbelievable. If they can stay off that and if they can get a maybe a couple power mm-hmm. plays going their way, uh they get they gotta score early. Mm-hmm. They definitely gotta score early. I'm in the um the, all their playoff wins. They've I'm, I swear I get an alert on my phone. You know, with three minutes into the game, they've scored one or two goals. Yeah, already. was it three nothing after one in the last game? That was crazy. Yeah. So it it's just they just they gotta get going early. They gotta stay off the penalty. Um, yeah, they just can't have stupid mm-hmm. mistakes. So like I said, game five is tonight. If you're listening to us on twelve ounce tomorrow, you already know what happened, but. I would not be surprised if the if Vegas gets a little bit of momentum here and this ends up in a Game 7. I wouldn't be surprised. So now we're going to move on to football, but before that, I wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by Dee's Home Cuts. Dee's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, Dee's provides people with modern haircut and styling. Truman and I have been getting our haircut over there for the last couple months, and we have never looked or felt better. Every time you go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. The cuts get better every single time because Dee's is always upgrading their equipment so they can give you the best haircut possible. You can find Dee's Home Cuts on Twitter at Dom's Home Cuts. DM him for an appointment, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. Dee's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So sticking with our series of 32 teams and 32 shows, we're going to stick in the AFC South, talk about the Jaguars, a surprising team from last year going 10-6, and six. Uh, Doug Marone's first year as head coach. That defense was unstoppable, and I think they had a pretty great offseason. Uh, they only lost, probably the most notable player was Paul Puzlowski. Puzlowski. Uh He was kind of the anchor of that defense the last couple years. He retired, uh, but they have guys who could fill in with Miles Jack and Telvin Smith kind of holding down that center of that defense. But they also added three solid players. Uh, Andrew Norwell, they paid him a lot of money, highest paid guard now in NFL history, Ohio State alum. Uh, he's a solid guard. He's been there for the last, he's been at Carolina the last couple of years. 
Uh, he's just been a solid cog in that offensive line, and that's really going to help shore up that run game for them and protect Blake Bortles. They also added two weapons with Moncrief from the Colts and Austin Severian Jenkins from the Jets. I will start with Moncrief. I really like Moncrief. Uh, he, he hasn't been that great with the Colts the last couple of years because of Andrew Luck's injuries, but when he has a good quarterback, a solid quarterback, he puts up some solid numbers, and he is a solid wide receiver too. And then Safarian Jenkins had a great year last year. Uh, he's a pretty good tight end, pretty athletic. They lost uh, Mercedes Lewis to the Packers, um, but he was kind of older, and Jenkins gives them that kind of young, athletic tight end that they could use in that middle. And uh, they had a really good draft. I was I was thinking about this our last show, or one of our former shows. We had Brett on talking about who had the worst draft, and Brett said the Jaguars had one of the worst drafts. And then I looked at their class, and I think it's pretty great. I think they had a pretty solid draft. They drafted Tavern Bryan with the first pick, just adding to that talent on that defensive line. Uh, they added DJ Chark, one of the best wide receivers from the draft, uh, really high ceiling. They added Ronnie Harrison, a first-round graded safety. They drafted him in the third round. That's going to really help out their back end right there. And then they added, I know Truman can talk about Leon Jacobs from oh, Wisconsin. Yeah, the he, they drafted him in the seventh round, and Wisconsin is known for their pass rushers. They just added to that defense, and they added a solid weapon in DJ Chark. So I think they had a really good draft, and their defense is just insane, and they just added more and more talent to it. I could see the Jaguars having a big year this year. Yeah, um, I'm not, like, this is kind of like a sin nowadays, but I'm not a fan of Bortles at all. Um, wow. I, I, I think he's not he's not a good quarterback. I mean, he's, 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 a, a, he's, he's a good a quarterback. He's a he's a, Listen, he's someone who you pull for, uh, but, like, it's Blake Bortles. Um, and I don't like the weapons he has on the outside. Um, I think he'd be a lot better, and I would be kind of a fan of him if he had weapons to throw to, and I think... <clears throat> I just don't. I just don't see it. Um, Chark, he's a receiver that I liked in the draft because I really like his wide receiver class. Um, but how's he going to be in his first year? They lost um, Hearns to the Cowboys. You know that was. You know Hearns was a good receiver. He was a consistent receiver. Um, I would have kept him if I were them. You know, and then Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, he went to Green Bay. You know, he wasn't that great of a receiving tight end, but that's still a big tight end that he probably had familiar familiarity with um, that he lost. Um, another one, Robinson. I know he was out. But you know that's one of the best, one of the better receivers in the game when healthy, um, and they kind of just let him go because they couldn't afford him. Um, but you know the the offense it runs around Leonard Fournette. Um, is he going to be good his second year, or is he going to take a sophomore slump? Uh, I loved him in his first year, and I think he's going to be a really good running back. But I think they're just focusing solely, solely on him, um, and teams teams are going to prepare for that, and they're going to make Blake Bortles beat them. Um, as far I think I think Bortles can. As far as their defense goes, their secondary is a strength. It's the best secondary in the game. Um, Ramsey on one side, Boye or whatever on the other side. Those are that's the best cornerback com- duo in the game by far. Um, their defensive line is crazy. Clay's Campbell's one of my favorite players in the game. He's just an absolute monster. Um, you know, and then that guy with the crazy name. I couldn't even tell you his name. Um, he's a sack machine on the outside. Uh, but. As far this team runs around the run game and their defense, and I think teams are going to make Blake Bortles beat them. Um, what you guys say, Blake Bortles can beat anyone, um, but we'll see. He's the big question mark. I think the Jaguars, you know, I think they are one of the best teams in the AFC, um, and I, I, they're a popular pick probably next year for the Super Bowl, um, so I like the Jaguars a lot, uh, but there's some question marks surrounding them. Yeah, I think, I think Blake Bortles is better than what you say. 
I, we've, we've been back and forth on I think Ryan Tannehill is better than you say. I think Bortles is one of the best. Well, I'm not going to say that. Well, he's a top 15 quarterback. I think he's a better half yes. quarterback. He's, yes. he's in the top I, half of this I, league. Yeah. Give, me that, give me that pen. Give me that it's, pen because I'm going to write down. Especially when, um, You're write that down? when, when no, the running um, game is going well and the defense is playing well, and he doesn't have to make like huge, mm-hmm. huge plays. Um, I I just think he he's a good enough quarterback for that system. Yeah, I could. Uh, that's what I would say. He's a good enough quarterback for the Jaguars. And if if the Jaguars had um, better, you know, if they had better weapons, possibly uh, they would just be. Um, but you said you know Robinson and Hearns. Those two guys were injury prone the last couple of years. I don't think I I get it's a loss, but they're used to playing without those guys. Uh, yeah, but like. They're focusing solely on. You can see they gave Norwell a huge contract. They're focusing solely on that run game. They're, that's their offense. I mean, he's a good he's a good pass blocker too, though. But any, that's adding, their offense. Adding any offensive lineman helps out anywhere. Fournette is their offense. And no, he, I, w- I wouldn't yes. say that. You're telling me that Fournette the, was hurt a lot of the games last year. Fournette and that run game is their offense. Who's the other guy they got there? T.J. Yeldon. Yes, T.J. Yeldon. Those but two. For the, yeah, Fournette was there, hurt though a lot last year. You can't, okay, that's their number one. That's their number one. Offensive threat. Yeah, I'll yes, give you that. I agree, I agree. But they're okay. used to playing without him. Okay. That's the number one offensive threat is their run game. And teams and defensive coordinators are smart enough to realize, okay, we're going to take away this run game, we're going to pack the box, and we're going to make the the weapons on the outside that aren't that great, and Blake Bortles, who doesn't have the greatest stats in the world, beat us. And can he do that? You guys say yes. I'm iffy on and it. And then then you got that, de- that defense is, I think, the best defense yes. in the NFL. That's what I mean, though, too. It doesn't. It's not going to take much for Blake Bortles to beat a team because mm-hmm. that defense is only going to give up so many points a game. It's not going to be that much. And if Blake Bortles can put up what you guys say he can, then the Jaguars look pretty good. But I'm I'm listing out right now 15 quarterbacks who I think that are better than. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Uh, we'll just do quick record predictions though. I'm gonna say 12 and four. I think they get two more wins better. Uh, and I think they're a Super Bowl contender. I'm not going to pencil them in for the Super Bowl, but I think they're a contender. Yes, they are a contender, definitely. Um, I'm gonna say 11 and five. Uh, I think they're, I think they're a great team, um, and I think they're just coming up on the the uh, Patriots in the um, in the AFC, and they're gonna be there for a long time. I uh, I agree with 11 and five. Um, I do think, I think um, Fournette's gonna kind of have like what Gurley had his second year. With, mm-hmm. They're gonna stack the box against him, but I do think um, Bortles is good enough that he can. Yeah, be, he, can, he, can he can beat, beat you. Teams. Yeah, and then, yeah, this is easy. That I'm easy. You know, I don't think Alex Smith is better than. I, Bradley don't, think Bortles. Is. Right, I we'll, don't think James. All right, is we're gonna either, finish. We'll finish uh, our football topics, and then we'll get Sherman's list. Okay. Uh, quick, quick topic we want to touch on. Uh, this is kind of breaking news right before the show. Julian Edelman is going to be suspended. What do they say? Four games. Yeah. Four games for PED use, uh, which is going to hurt the Patriots a lot because they lost Amendola during. Uh, to free agency, he was kind of the guy who they used in place of Edelman, and now he's no longer there. So what are they going to do these first four games? I have no clue. He's appealing it, but I don't know what's going to happen here. It's just another crack in this offseason that the Patriots have. This Their dynasty, I think, is cracking, and this is just another you know solid crack inside that foundation that is the Patriots. Well, I mean, I know uh, Steven's a big Patriots guy, but uh, this is I don't think it's going to affect them. I don't know, because they did lose Amendola. Um, you know, they did lose Brandon Cooks. Um, for the first four games, this will affect them. Um, because 
You know, they have Gronk, who is the best tight end in the game, probably the best weapon in the game, in my opinion, one of them, at least. And they've got Brady, but, you know, they don't really have that. Who's going to be their number one receiver right now? Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, Chris Hogan, uh, Philly Dorsett will get some downs. Yeah, they got Berrios. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's just those are that's, that's those a perfect Brady. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah then, I mean we're he saying has the weapons on the we're saying this now and then watch Barrios comes out and just does everything yeah. for the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yards, two touchdowns. As far as the backfield goes, you know Brady loves throwing to those running backs. I like um, who's the guy they drafted? Michelle. Um, yeah, Michelle. Michelle. And then they got James White. Um, so those are guys that he throws to, and those are consistent receivers for him. But on the outside, they don't just don't have the weapons right now for the first four games especially. I don't think they, with Edelman, have you know the greatest threats as, uh, in the receiving core. Uh, so this will hurt them for the first four games, but luckily for them, it's not like he was out. You know, he was out the entire last season. Um, but if they can just bear bear with them for the first four games, and they'll be the Patriots again. So. Yeah, like like Truman touched on there at the end, uh, they did not have him at all last year. They lost him in the preseason to torn ACL. Um, I mean, this has happened to Brady before, and mm-hmm. you know we've had the same conversation. He he's a lot like LeBron, where almost no matter who you put around him, he just makes people better. Mm-hmm. Just because he's he's so good that you know he puts the ball there every time. All you have to do is catch it, really. Yeah. I mean. I think they'll be fine. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose maybe one or two. If if, if they start off two and two without him, I think that's they'll be fine. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, they did go. Were they? What was the record without Brady those first four games? I think you, they were three, three and one. one. Three yeah, and one. Yeah, I mean that that was huge. That was probably the biggest loss they could have, and they you know they made up for that. Uh, then we wanted to touch on uh, the supplemental draft. For those who don't know, the supplemental draft. Uh, it's kind of in, in the headlines the last couple of days because of a corner named Sam Beal out of Western Michigan. If you don't know who that is, I didn't know who that was either. He's going to be a projected first-round pick next year, but not anymore because I guess he doesn't have enough credits to play in his senior year at Western Michigan. So what the supplemental draft is is where if a player wants to enter the NFL but they didn't reach the deadline to apply for the draft, and now they're ruled ineligible for the next season, they can choose to enter the supplemental draft. And what it basically is, is it's another draft, but it just keeps going. So let's say the Packers were to say, we want Sam Beal. Okay, we'll we'll throw in a third-round pick. We want to draft him in the third round. Let's say he falls to us, and we do draft him in the third round. We lose our next year's third-round pick in the NFL draft. Um, but teams can come in. Let's say we put up a third-round pick for him. And let's say um, the Browns come in and say, okay, we'll give them a second-round pick. They get Sam Beal. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, it's kind of like a draft. Where, or, well, yeah. Obviously, it's like a draft. <laughs> but, I mean, like, like you're, it's like a trade. Like you're trading yeah. your draft pick for, for that player. player. Yeah. yeah. But teams can make another bid. Uh, a couple guys uh, last couple years, Josh Gordon was one of these players in supplemental draft. Terrell Pryor was one of these guys. Uh, so it's really it's, it's a good opportunity for guys who really – kind of screwed up, you know, whether it's academic issues, family issues, uh, and they're just ineligible, and they didn't get the paperwork filled in in time. So now they can go back in the NFL, and teams can place a bid on these players, and they could get a good talent, uh, you know, this late in the offseason, like Josh Gordon, Terrell Pryor now. Uh, So I could see teams taking a flyer on this guy. Uh, I really didn't know much about him until I started reading on to him, and he's he's a solid corner. Uh, he's a projected first-round pick next year uh, if he would have had a good year there at Western Michigan, but obviously we don't know because he can't. Uh, so I, I mean, 
I don't know. I would wouldn't mind the Packers taking a flyer out in this guy. May I wouldn't give up maybe no higher than a fourth rounder for him. Uh, we got a lot of picks next year, but Sam Bill could be a name to watch for in these next couple of you know years. I mean, I don't know enough about him to you know commit to saying that the Packers should give up something for him. Um, so I'm not gonna really say anything. Um, but it's a supplemental draft. You know, Josh Gordon, in my opinion, when you know healthy and off the drugs, is the one of the best receivers in the game, top five. So you know they found him there. So there's some there's some stars that you can find. Um, it's just another opportunity for these players to get a chance. Uh, but I'm not going to comment too much because I don't know about enough about Sam Beal to make it a statement about him. Uh, so that's that. Uh, the last story in football before we get to Truman's makeshift list here uh, of bullshit. Uh, we're going to move to Terrell Owens. Uh, if you don't know Terrell Owens, retired a couple years ago. Uh, he, he was the first, he's a Hall of Famer now. He was left off the Hall of Fame the last three years. Very outspoken about that. I obviously think he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. He has the numbers. Uh, they kept him out, though, because of his, you know, on-the-field antics, I guess you could say. But he's in the news again uh, for two reasons. Because uh, he said he wants to play again. He said he believes he could play again. If he does that, he'd be the first Hall of Famer to ever come back and play football again. I don't think he will. He's too old. Uh, eight years, I think they said, where he hasn't played in the league. Eight years of no football and coming back and getting hit by, you know, Tyron Matthew across the middle. It's going to leave some dents. Um, so I don't think he'll ever play again. It's just, just talk, you know, players say that. But he's serious, but I don't think he will. And then also today, a couple hours ago, it came out that he is not going to attend Canton for his Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why uh, he doesn't like the Hall of Fame because of what they did. They left him out the last couple of years. And I guess he really couldn't find enough people to attend. Uh, his family really didn't want to go, I guess. There's some history there. Uh, so Terrell Owens, a lot of, lot of stuff's always surrounded this guy. He's a first-rounder, but I don't think he'll ever play again. And it's sad to see him not show up to Canton because I would have loved to seen his speech. Yeah, that was going to be a really interesting speech. I don't know. So what does he do? Just he just gets it. He just gets his then, bust. Yeah, and moves on. I guess. Um, but I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't do that. Um, and it kind of pisses me off, honestly, because so very few people get to go to the Hall of Fame in any sport, and you get an opportunity to go up there and you give a speech and. You know, thank all the people who helped get you there and why you were there because it just wasn't your, you on your own. Um, and now he doesn't get the opportunity to do that because um, of his decision. So I'd like to see him, you know, do something for the people that helped him get in there, whether it was his parents, his family, you know, trainers, coaches, whatever. Um, I would like to see them get some type of acknowledgement um, for helping him get there. And, you know, that was really a platform to do it. It's a platform that every player uses. Um, and now he's not going to do that for some odd reason. Um, so that kind of makes me mad, but it's a Terrell Owens move because he's always been like that. So, but we'll see what he does. Yeah, I don't know. I like Terrell Owens. Truman's never liked him. I liked him as a player. Uh, I think he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think they kept him out due to, you know, his off the field, on the field antics, uh, which I think is unfair because he put up the numbers that her first round Hall of Famer deserves, um, so we'll see what happens there. We'll get to Truman's list now. We'll see what kind of crap this is. Yeah. 15, 15 quarterbacks. Yeah, I got Better 19. than Blake Bortles. I got 18. I got 19. 19. So I got Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Alex Smith, which is obvious. I don't know why you say no. But Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan. This is no order, by the way. Oh. Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Big Ben, Case Keenum, 
Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, I'm going to say this. Sean Watson hasn't proved enough yet. Jimmy Garoppolo, I would say, I would put him on there, but I don't think he's proved enough yet. Alex Smith's fallen off. He's not as good as he once was. How oh, you said okay, he had okay, his best let, season last okay, year. Okay, but he had Kareem Hunt led the led the NFL in rushing yards. Tyreek Hill. He had Tyreek Hill, who's the fastest man in in the league. You literally he just runs and straight. Travis and Travis Kelsey. Okay, I'm not arguing weapon. Obviously, and, Alex and, Smith and, has and, had. I want to keep going. Andrew Luck. Okay, I'll put Andrew Luck when healthy is better, but he's he's never healthy. Case Keenum, I that's way too premature for one me. One good year. Yeah, one good year. I was even. I even had Tyrod Taylor on here. No, he's nah. not. And I crossed him off because I had Bortles 19. Blake Bortles beat him. In uh, the Bills didn't have anybody. And the Bills had LaShawn McCoy, that's it. And I Blake think LaShawn McCoy was out Blake in the Bortles second quarter. Blake didn't have anybody besides Leonard Fournette. He has the greatest defense of all time. Well, offensive all time. weapons. Oh, oh, possibly all time. All time. All time. He is the, one of the greatest defenses okay. of all time. I think he's a top 15 quarterback. and He took his team to the AFC Championship game. He didn't take his team to the AFC Championship game. Leonard Fournette and the one of the greatest defenses of all time did. No. And Blake Bortles was there for the ride. No, he was not. Yes. I don't, I, and I also I don't think Jameis Winston is. He's, yeah, I don't think Jameis Winston is. Jameis Winston's there. a worse Blake Bortles. So you're t- if you're starting a franchise right now, you're taking Blake Bortles over Jameis Winston. Yeah. Yeah. I'd uh, say that. Yes. Jameis Winston is kind of crazy. Uh, Interceptions galore. Yeah, hurt. which is the same thing that Blake Bortles did until yeah. last year. You will see. You'll, you'll see. I think you'll see next year Blake Bortles... Is, he's cleaned up now. He's not as bad as he used to be. I think that's kind of skewing your results because he did have a bad couple of years. But I think he's better now. And I don't we'll think see. I think you need to pay a little bit more attention to him. And I'm gonna put you on notice right now. We will see. So that's it for football. Uh, we're gonna move now to baseball. We wanted to remind mm-hmm. you that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping services to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you tired of being dragged around by a bigger landscaping company, Stephen? Of course. Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. Give them a call, send them an email, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. A's Lawn Service, LLC, you grow it, we cut it. So, the MLB draft uh, finished up. I think it's over, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there's like like a million rounds. rounds. Uh, So, one of the biggest stories that have kind of come out of that draft is Luke Heimlich. Uh, He's a pitcher from Oregon State. Uh, You should know his story by now. Uh, Maybe not. Uh, He was one of, if not the best college pitchers last year uh, would have been a first-round pick if not for this insane story uh, on his record, disgusting story, where it came out that he, uh, we don't, we're not exactly sure the age that he was at, but he molested his six-year-old niece. I guess it was his brother's daughter, um, and that just that he pleaded guilty to it. He served all his time, everything is taken care of, but still. Uh, obviously, this isn't a type of guy you want around your organization. But the question comes, where do you draw the line for that? You know, when a player is this talented, he deserves to be drafted purely based on what he did on the diamond. But what he's what he has on his record is something that, 
you know, you can't look past, and that's why he went undrafted when he should have probably been a first, maybe a, a second, probably a first round pick. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, as a team owner and GM, I think you have to be more worried mm-hmm. about guys who have had problems with like drugs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. just because that's the kind of stuff that will keep them off the field. I understand this is you know horrible, disgusting. He's a horrible guy for it, but, I mean, at some point you, I mean, his talent is so good, mm-hmm. and, you know, he, he admitted to it, he did, he served the time, whatever, um, he did what he had to do. I just think, for him not to get drafted, that's, that's a little extreme. Yeah, and the teams weren't even really interested in him. I saw a quote from the Tigers GM, somebody asked him about it, and he just said, like, I don't want to talk about that player at all. And that proves that nobody really had any interest in the guy, which is crazy because he was one of the best pitchers last year, if not the best pitcher last year. And if it wasn't for this, he I think he'd be a clear first rounder. But this is this is something you know you can't look past. I think this is a very serious issue. But he did serve his time. He did everything he needed to do, and I, I think he should get an opportunity wherever that is. But you know, he's got to be watched really closely. Um, yeah, I think he deserves an opportunity because he's got a lot, a lot of talent. Um, and you can't look past that. But what he did was disgusting. Um, and I don't think a lot of organizations are going to want that cloud. Um, what he should do, so- I think, maybe is go to like an independent league for a year or two. Prove, you know, that he's good. He's off still going to have that cloud, though. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something a lot of teams won't want, you know, like if like the Brewers, I wouldn't want the Brewers to look at him, um, just cause I wouldn't want, you know, you and everyone around <laughs> and just say, Oh, the Brewers have the, well, you know, a pedophile. a pedophile. So like that's the type of thing, you know, you don't want. Um, but I think there should be a team out there who just says, all right, we'll bring you in, um, and see what, if you, if you can really clean up and, you know, become a really good pitcher. But I mean, even if he got to the majors... Have guys done a lot worse things than uh, what he's done? Sure. I mean, there's been guys in the NFL who've killed guys who haven't gotten convicted of it. But I think the big thing is he pleaded guilty, which uh, is kind of clear, you know, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't want, I don't know if I'd want the Indians to take him just because... I would take him. You would take him? Our bullpen needs so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. We Brewers need someone. (laughs) I'll take somebody. The talent talent is there. It's clear. But I don't know. It'd be a tough pill to swallow if somebody, if one of my, if the Indians took him. So, like, if looking at, like, the controversy, like, needing for the National Anthem, like, that's a debate, like, like half the half your fan base loves loves you for making a stand, and the other half your fan base doesn't. If he gets the majors, the whole fan base really won't like anything like about him other than he can pitch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, you don't really have any supporters on your side, um, other than the fact, oh, you can you can win me some games. But like, I don't know if the teams are gonna really want that. But we'll see. When I saw this story, I was like shocked. I did. I mean, this is crazy. Um, it's going to be debated. I think what he'll do is maybe get some sort of a tryout from somewhere, uh, and that will be a huge story. But we'll see what happens. Uh, we're going to be following him pretty closely now. Uh, I think he does get deserve an opportunity to pitch, but teams are going to have to be careful, and they're going to really have to look into him and his background and his career at Oregon State and see if they can find any sort of red flags there. 
Uh, I, have, I have two more draft things yeah. before we move on. I just thought of. Uh, first off, shout out to Austin Havocott. Yeah, give a shout out. Medina alumni got drafted in the 17th round by, uh, I think it was the Blue Jays. Yeah. And then also, can you guys explain to me how, uh, what's his name, Kyler Murray, Murray yeah. got drafted number nine. He's going to get paid $5 million by the Oakland Athletics. And he's allowed to play. Yeah, football. that makes no sense at all. Like, how is that not against the NCAA rules? <laughs> the <laughs> kicker from Florida State got kicked off the team because he made a little bit of money off his YouTube videos, and this guy's making five million dollars, and he's still going to play football next year. That's a life, though. That's like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's like you're making five million dollars. You're in the athletics organization, and you're driving a Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And that's I talked about this on the last show. It's like if he gets hurt. The A's, like, football is one of those sports, like, one play, he's mm-hmm. done. Yeah, he can be done for forever. And if the, this is a huge risk, I think, with the A's. And I I would not like if I and was... What if he's, so what if he's, you know, really, really good football That's what player, I said, too. Like, what if he just becomes, like, a no-doubt first-round pick, and he can choose between, and he'll have to make a choice between those two, and if he's got a spot where he can start right away in the NFL, or he has to go to the Myers for a couple years in baseball... It's gonna be that's a risk for the A's because that's a team who needs help. Like that's a team I don't think I don't haven't seen much about their farm system and they're you know they're in a rebuilding year. Like that number nine pick was key for them, and now they're gonna take a risk on someone who showed a lot of promise. He can be a good quarterback. He had three for, rushing touchdowns for, for last year. So if he's gonna go and he might be a first or second round pick in the draft and he could go and start somewhere pretty soon, or he's got to go to the majors where he's got to you know be in the minors for a little bit, develop and. So I don't know. There's no a, guarantee you make it to the MLB. Yeah, and he's got a big decision to make. That's that's why they're you know they're offering him so much. Uh, mm. I'm looking at it right now. It's four point seven six million dollars. Uh, that's crazy. The one thing that for players that truly have a decision between the MLB and the NFL, I don't understand why they take the NFL. Yeah. Uh, MLB is a hundred percent guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. So whatever you sign yeah, for, you are going to get one hundred percent of that money. Uh, plus, if you're good enough, you'll end, you know you'll end up getting endorsements and stuff like that. Mm. And you know, I, I just yeah. think I just think the MLB is like it's got to be the dream for yeah for all these guys. I think the A's did their homework. They I don't think they would have picked him if he was leaning more towards football. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but that's it for baseball. Uh, get into a couple questions sent to us by the listeners. Uh, one of them was, "What should the Suns? What should the who should the Suns pick at number one?" I uh, came out yesterday, DeAndre Ayton had a workout with them, and he said that he feels like he's definitely going number one. Uh, the guy from, I don't even know what country he's from. Luka. Luka Donick. Yeah. Uh, he said, I guess he's not exactly sure that he's going to come play in the NBA last year, next year. Um, I don't know if that's because he doesn't want to play with the Suns, and he just doesn't want to go number one. But I don't know what's going to happen here. I think Ayton... Is a very good talent. You saw what he did last year in a couple games. He was just dominant. Um, so I could see the Suns taking eight in there. Uh, they could use the center to put around uh, Booker and uh, Eulis. I like him. So we'll see what happens there. I think they'll take eight in the number one. Yeah, I think they'll take eight and two because just because the red flags uh, kind of about the staying if you're down kick or whatever. But if, even if that's I don't even know if that's yeah, how you so pronounce it. We're not but good with that names. that donkey kid, um, he he um, put up. A st- Possibly, they, it's not for sure because, you know, a lot of te- you don't know for sure with stats on, on the overseas games. But it said that he might have shot 60% from three. Um, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, he averaged 20 points. Um, and he'd be kind of, you know, a good player to put next to Booker. Um, but I think Aiton is the more sure, for sure, fire talent. You know, he's a seven-footer and he's athletic. 
Uh, so I think they'll go him, you know, and surround him with Booker, and that that would be a nice young team. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's the most NBA ready mm-hmm. player. Yeah. Easily. Um, next question is: If the Capitals win the Stanley Cup, is Ovechkin the best hockey player of all time? Not a chance. No. No, Wayne Gretzky's. I yeah, Gretzky's got four Stanley Cups, and Ovechkin only has one. Uh, this kind of leads into our next question here. Gretzky's 894 goals in his career, obviously the best of all time. Uh, that's insane. Ovechkin's only got 607. He's only 32, so there's a possibility he could reach that. I don't think he will, but I don't think there's a chance. I think Gretzky's obviously the best of all time. Yeah, I think I don't know enough about hockey to you know go into this, but Gretzky seems like he's in every sport, you have that debate of who's the best of all time. In basketball, it's LeBron versus Jordan. In football, it's kind of right now, it's Rodgers versus Brady and then Montana and stuff like that. And then it's um, uh, it's just you have that debate in every single sport. And it seems like in hockey, uh, it's just Gretzky and then everyone else. So I would say, you know, one Stanley Cup wouldn't change that. For He's got to get at least three, I think, to even be in that debate. I agree. Probably. And I don't, yeah. I, that's going to be tough for him. Yeah. Um, so that, like I said, leading to our he's next question. He's only 32, question. though? Yeah. He looks like he's, like... Yeah. And he's very gray. Yeah. yeah. Very gray. Um, so that leads into our next question is, what sports records do we think will never be broken? Um, uh, I, I think Brett Favre's oh, 200, 297 straight games starting at quarterback, that won't be touched. Eli Manning was close, uh, but now players are getting faster, defensive linemen are getting bigger. The sacks are, you know, a lot worse. The injuries, you know, teams are careful with who they put out there um, in, in case, you know, some sort of concussion lawsuit. I don't think that will ever be touched. Jim Marshall, a defensive lineman back in the day, uh, started 270 straight games. I believe this is all off the top of my head. And just uh, He started 270 straight games. Um, and then that was one of the second – that was one. That was a huge record. And then Far broke that when um, he got to 297. Um, and I just do not see that ever being touched, especially by a quarterback. There's just no way mm-hmm. because nowadays there's you just there's too many injuries. Um, and teams are more careful. And Favre is one of the toughest. And the, the injuries he played through, um, I, I off the top of my head, you know, he played through a broken thumb, couple broken thumbs. That's why I also multiple. Like, I don't think Joe Thomas's snap streak will ever be broken either. Yeah, that's not especially for an offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, but you know, multiple concussions he played through. Um, twist. I think he had a dislocated ankle at one point. He played through. Um, so just, just nuts. Uh, but that's one that I think is undisputed. Will never be broken. Um, and you'd have to be a tough son of a gun to break it. Uh, Bill Russell's eleven NBA championships. Yeah. And then um, just about every baseball record in the book. I don't. Yeah, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, especially pitching. Yeah, Cy Young's five hundred. Young, five hundred eleven yeah. wins and. Uh, 749 complete games. I don't think anyone will ever get yeah. 50 complete games. Yeah. Um, I throw Ripken's. Uh, Ripken's yeah. is definitely in there. Um, um, Williams. Why am I drawing a blank on his first name? Ted Williams. Yeah. Uh, 482 career OBP. I mean, he's getting on base every other time. Yeah, that's that's, that's absurd. That's insane. Uh, 400 or 4 4200 hits by Pete Rose. Yeah. I I just. Some of those things are just They'll never be touched, yeah. Uh, then we'll go basketball. I think John Stockton's uh, assist record, I don't think that will be touched. I think in today's game, players are more about scoring than passing, and uh, I don't think that will be ever be touched. Um, so that's it for me. You guys have anything else? 
No. Really. Yeah, so some of these records I don't think will ever be touched, and it's crazy uh, to see that just because the game's changed a lot, too. I think uh, Will Chamberlain's 100-point game, too. Oh, yeah. I no don't think we'll ever score 100 points. Yeah, that players have come close, but... I, I think Kobe, when he scored 81, that's um, I don't think that'll... I don't think another player will have scored 80, 80. I can yet. see that. No. I'm a firm believer that if LeBron truly, like, set out his mind, like... He could do it. Like, I'm going to score 100 points tonight. And like just never pass the ball. Yeah. Literally. Just drive every time. Yeah. I think he could... Do Against it. a bad... Because LeBron... When, they're, when Cavs are playing a horrible team, he could give two shits if he was playing or not. If he literally went out for some reason got really motivated against said, the worst team in the NBA, probably the Suns or something, or the Grizzlies, and he said he got really motivated, I'm going to score 80, 80 to 90 points, possibly 100. I honestly think LeBron could do it, but he'll never, you know, care, care enough yeah, to yeah. actually do that. So I think that's un- undisputed on every broken. So that's it for question and answer. Send us your questions. Uh, we'll keep answering them as you keep sending them in. Uh, move now to more of an interview with Steven. Uh, I know you're a big LeBron guy. Where do you think his his legacy stands if they lose this championship? Um, I think it's uh, it's very interesting because what gets lost in the MJ versus LeBron debate a lot is the fact that MJ never faced a a team with you know yeah with three MVPs like the Warriors. Um. It's it's hard to say. Yeah. It, it's it's really hard to say. Yeah, I I mean, I get it. Like, I think, I mean, LeBron's better than Jordan in some categories, but everyone's just going to bring up the finals record. How many times in Jordan's career was he not favored to win the finals? Yeah. When, when, he, was, when he got there? I don't know, but I, I, know it's a, I know it's not much. I don't even... I think, I don't think LeBron's been favored at all the past four years. Maybe maybe the first year. Maybe with I mean the it heat. was Cleveland with Heat he was with the Heat he was probably favored well, yeah. a couple times, but like with Cleveland I don't I think you're right. I don't think he Yeah. I don't think he's ever been favored with Cleveland. He, yeah, he's he definitely he definitely wasn't favored. Definitely with, not this year, definitely not the year before. Definitely not in two thousand seven. Definitely not in 06. Or not oh six. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. And then what's the year the, they won twenty sixteen, right? Is that yeah. the year they won? When and then twenty fifteen. I think the one versus the Thunder they were favored. Yeah. Wait. So the the Thunder the, heat the Mavericks for sure. Yeah. He's favored. The then the Spurs, the Spurs. I still think he's. I still think he's my favorite for yeah. the Spurs too. Um, so you said earlier in the show, if they lose um, Friday, that could be LeBron's last home game. Where do you think he's playing basketball next year? Um, I think the the most obvious spot for him, the smartest spot for him, would probably be Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you know he likes Ben Simmons. They're very young. They're a win now team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could go there for sure. But uh, I actually I I heard last night Stephen A. Smith said that the Warriors are gonna lose. Yeah, Clay that's Thompson. what I was gonna bring up. They're gonna lose Clay Thompson and then they're gonna sign LeBron. <laughs> they they're gonna lose Clay Thompson, cut Draymond Green, and then um, and they have enough money. And then, then they would LeBron would definitely take a meeting with them, and then they would pair possibly in some people's minds. The three best players in the NBA on one team. That would be insane. Yeah, that'd be. Uh, I don't think that'd be fair. Yeah, well, it definitely wouldn't be fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, and Silver they, would have some to clause, five and seven. In some clause somewhere, they would. I have mean, to. but we were shocked when the rumors were coming out that they were thinking of signing Kevin Durant. And, and then Kevin happened. Durant ended up going there, That's flying up. Snake. Yeah, but that was. I didn't think you'd ever do that. And yeah, that would be insane. If you if you <laughs> pair Kevin Durant and LeBron on any team, I think they're. They're 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 immediately the best team. All right, we're gonna move now to football. Uh, who's one player you're gonna be watching for this Browns training camp? Um, 
I think, you know, obviously we brought in, you know, a ton of players. Yeah. I think the most important one, though, has to be Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Just because if you see... The top 15 quarterback, right, Sean? <laughs> better than Bortles. <laughs> if you see Baker Mayfield at any point this season, outside of a game where either we're getting just destroyed or we're up by a bunch, which, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how likely that one is. But if we see Baker at all outside of those two scenarios, it's not good. Yeah. It's, I, it's not good. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about it. Uh, we should have talked about it. It was Johnny Mantell's performance in the CFL. He came in, I think, in the second half. Uh, he didn't score any touchdowns. He went from like he went 8 for 11 for like 95 yards. Had a couple nice routes, a couple nice throws. He had a couple rushing yards. I don't have the stats in front of me. Uh, do you think he ever gets a chance to play in the NFL again? Uh, I think he does. I don't know, I don't know necessarily he'll play, but he will get a shot. He'll he'll be on a team. Yeah. I would say in the next three years he'll be, he'll be on an NFL team. That would be crazy. I think I I think he will, but I mean he's come a long way from where he's been, and I would I would like to see him get another shot though. I think I think a team will take a flyer on him. Yeah, as soon, as soon as especially back. if he plays well in the CFL. If we're gonna take a flyer on him, why not take a flyer on the uh, Luke? Yeah. I'm like guy, you know? Yeah. There you go. People change. <laughs> People change. Uh, so we'll end the show on that note. Well, thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. We ask that you go on to iTunes, give us five stars, rate, reviews, and subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk and Instagram. You can send us DMs over both uh, social medias. Uh, send us questions about the show, feedback, anything. Anything helps. You can listen to us on 12 Ounce tomorrow from 12 to 1. Uh, well, thank you, Stephen, for coming in today. Glad to be here. Uh, have a great day. Tune in on Tuesday. We got two guests lined up for next week. Not sure which is Tuesday, which is Thursday, but uh, we'll let you know. Follow us on Twitter, and we'll let you know. So that's it for today. Thank you, and have a great day. Thank you. Go Packers. <laughs>